right, what's up, everybody? Your boys are back. Adam's here, Black Top Smack Talk. Man, I got some of my crew. I don't have the full crew today. I got, you know, I'm in the house, obviously. I'm the most important one. Then, unfortunately, <laughs> we got Charlie out in Camino Island. And then we got Bruce out in the Bay Area. Um, we got a special guest with us today. One of my favorite players from the town. One of I think he's personally one of the more underrated Coopers out of Washington. Um, Micah Downs. Micah, how okay, you doing, buddy? Hey, I appreciate the love, bro. I appreciate the love. I'm good, you know, just sitting here in Portugal, going through this quarantine stuff like everybody else. Right. But fortunately, right now, you know what I'm saying? I got me a little spot for the week. I'll give y'all, let's see, how can I switch this? Give y'all a little preview. Ooh, oh, and, hey, now. You know, I'm out. I'm out here on the beach for the next three, four, or five days. I had to get out of Lisbon, get disconnected right. from civilization, and just come enjoy my, you know, enjoy my family, enjoy my time while I'm out here, enjoy my peace. Just try to take a step back. You see, I'm wearing a Benfica joint. There, there you go. There it is. There it is. Well, I ain't mad at you. I ain't beach, mad at you. But... There you go. Yeah, we good, man. We living all right. We all right kind of talking to you like you said you had to get away from Lisbon in Portugal what was mm -hmm. a day when you were back in Lisbon what was a day a typical day in the life looking like for you during this whole time of being in quarantine she was after a while it started getting tough you know what I mean like at first you just waking up and grinding and just like kind of every day you thinking like all right this is about to pass you're good. It's just going to be, you know, a week, couple weeks, two, three weeks. And now we're going on almost nine weeks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So waking up every day in a situation like this, I think it's key to, to, to have a routine. Wake up, make your bed, take a shower, brush your teeth. Like that sounds all routine and everything like a normal day life. But if you if you do all that normally at the same time, put on some clothes instead of like shorts or sweats or just like your yeah. home clothes you know what I mean put on a fit even if you're gonna walk around the house it just makes you feel better you know what I mean Facts. but as far as my daily routine I'd get up wake up have a cup of coffee sit on the balcony you know what I mean just enjoy the view for a few minutes and then have some breakfast with my girl you know take my pre-workout get my home workout ready uh set everything up my band my mat everything like that get my music going set the little man up with the ipad let him do what he's got to do for an hour and you know sometimes he would join us and chill out with the workout too but that'd be the basic routine man like every day get up eat breakfast do your workout right eat your post-workout, you know what I mean? Take your protein shake, and then uh, the rest of the day, you're trying to figure out other things to do. So, man, you know, Micah, you know, we want to uh, thank you for your time. We want to, you know, get to know you, you know, you, mm -hmm. you know, as a person and stuff. So when did you, you know, when did you first get started in, in basketball as a youth? When did you first start getting to the game? Oh, man. My first organized team was, uh, I was eight, eight years old. I was living in uh, Sela, Washington. It's near Yakima. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, a few hours from Seattle. Um, my dad put a basketball hands, basketball in my hands when I was a little kid. You know what I mean? At first, baseball was my first love. Um, but then 
eight, nine, ten years old, came around and just I started falling in love with basketball. So my first organized team was in Sela when I was eight, and then from there on, I'm just everywhere. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now you you said uh, you played, you love baseball, you had a love for that, and obviously basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's your your passion and your, and mm-hmm. your profession. Uh, anything yeah. else besides baseball and basketball do you ever get into at all that age or just those two? I, I played football as a kid, but I was really, I was really lean as everybody knows, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was skinny and frail, so football didn't last that long and baseball and everything else took over and then basketball, I just, you know, developed a natural knack for it and just became my first love and everything, so that's kind of how things went with hoop. When when you were at Sela, uh, was that the first time you, like, did you realize when you were there that you were good at basketball? Sometimes people are like, okay, I enjoy it. I just love the basketball or the sport for the sport. But when did you actually first realize, like, man, I, I got some, some skill, some talent for, for ball? Mm, I mean, I grew up playing with my uncle, my, uh, my uncle Aaron. He's eight years older than me. Um, and so I grew up playing with him, trying to compete with him and battle with him and stuff, you know. And to this day, he's got one of the purest jumpers I've ever seen in my whole life. So I've always okay. tried to, you know, you know, mimic my jumper after him and make my make my jumper like his and everything like that. And, you know, when I was young, he would always take me out in his driveway and shoot baskets with me and stuff. And I remember the first time I made a basket on a 10-foot hoop was with him. And I think I was like four years old. So... Okay. You know, that's that, you know, that's one of my best memories as a basketball player and as a hooper. So that's kind of where my game, I ha- I owe a lot of my development and my love for the game of basketball from my Uncle Aaron. Uh-huh. Did he go yeah. on to play? Did he play college ball or anything? Uh, he, he, he tried to play um, NAIA, but he, he actually had a bad motorcycle accident just before he was ready to go to college. And he had a really big problem with his knee. And it was like... Uh-huh it was like a really big scare for our whole family and everything, you know, like he had a really crazy accident and, you know, he probably had more potential than everything went down for him as far as his career and everything. But, it, you know, that accident happened and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's kind of the way life goes. Right. But as far as, you know, my love for the game and my development of the game and just my shooting ability and everything like that, I owe a lot to my, my uncle for that stuff. Okay. So yeah. let's 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 uh you know fast forward a little bit through that youth right. and let's say you know um what was your initial yeah you know, feelings when you uh moved to like the, to the greater Seattle area did you were you what did you know about you know that just kind of the greater Seattle area in general when you first well, see, got there that I mean I was born in Auburn and I lived a lot of my childhood up until uh, grade school in the greater Seattle area and then we oh, went okay. to like the Yakima area and I spent a lot of middle school and stuff and then the story goes crazier from then on but I mean my heart and soul is from the greater Seattle area and then coming back there uh, before my junior year um, before I played for Bothell and all that and then coming to, to you know reconnect with a lot of my family members and stuff um which a lot of people don't know about. That was probably one of the best parts about coming back to the Seattle area was being able to connect with a lot of my cousins and my uncles and my, you know, some of my extended family. Um, But yeah, other than that, you know, Seattle's always been home, the South side, Auburn, you know, uh, all that area is, you know, where I grew up. Um, 
where I lived when I was a kid. Um, it's where I was born. So just coming back and, you know, representing that side of the state and finishing out high school there and all that stuff was really awesome, man. You know, especially yeah. my dad went to high school and all that area and everything like that. And just, you know, being in that area and representing the city and mm -hmm. just all that stuff was really cool. You know, no, A the AU program through Jim Marsh and Friends of Hoop, all that shit, man. That was really one of the blessings, blessings in my life, man. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace big time. That yeah. was a soul cruncher, man. He, man. I don't even know if I want to go down that lane, bro, because right, right. I don't know if I don't know if I'd be without getting too emotional. I don't know if I'd be in the place where I am right now, literally looking over this beach. You know what I'm saying? Like if it wasn't for Jim Marsh and, and, real. and Chuck and Coach Chuck Williams, bro. Right. If it wasn't for those yeah. two guys, you know what I mean? Like I came back to the area. They saw me at some little BS spring league thing and they took mm -hmm. the chance said hey come play with us at friends of hoop and after that i blew up and that was it so oh, i owe yeah. a lot i owe a lot to those guys man that's dope chuck's, chuck's my yeah. guy man that's my dude chuck's hey, cool as hell man chuck's, chuck's a g man i haven't yeah. seen him in a long time but you know those two dudes man took care of me big time now you said growing you know obviously you said growing up your uncle was very you know important the development of your game you know during uh -huh. that Back then, you know, coming up, you know, obviously through through elementary school, middle school, and high school ball, everyone, every player's got someone they they look up to or wanted to form their game around. I mean, was there any players that you you know looked up to growing up or you really liked? Uh, man, I was a big fan of everybody, um, but one guy that I can really accredit my development, uh, my last two years on my high school and that really helped me get confidence in myself as being an elite player is michael dickerson oh okay i was i was i was in the, i was in the gym at the uh mercer island jewish community center every day my junior and senior year after school we was in there every day me mike dickerson and steve gordon oh yeah and i don't know if you guys know another i'm gonna put another name out there which i don't know if i can handle it uh sloan stroll you guys know sloan stroll Okay. I don't think Sloan, I, I don't know. Sloan Stroll, rest in peace, man. He passed away uh, two summers ago. He got cancer, man. He was in my wet. He was in my wedding, my first wedding, and he was one of my workout guys. He was one of Steve Gordon's workout coaches. You guys remember okay. the Hat Man, Steve Gordon, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 of course. So he was. He was. Yeah. He was one of Steve Gordon's guys, man. And literally, bro, I was in the gym with Sloan every day with Mike Dickerson, me, Spencer Haas, uh, Martel Webster, a couple other cats, you know right. what I mean? And s some other older pros. Richie Fromm was in there from time to time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, man. And we were grinding it, bro. Those, those were the guys that got me to the point where I was at, bro. Like, that got me my confidence and, like, because – Obviously, everybody could see that I could play, but I was away from big basketball for so long. Right. You know, I, right. I was moving around all over the place, and I was away from big basketball. And then I come back and work out with these dudes, Mike Dickerson, you know, Richie Fromm, Sloan, Steve Gordon, all these guys, man. Like, they really just put me on the platform and got my game where it needed to be, man. Like, to go D1, to go to the McDonald's All-American, to go to the MJ game, to go to – 
the, the Nike All Star shit, all that stuff. So, you right. know, big respects to all those all those guys, man. Nate Robinson too, bro. Nate Robinson was a big time cat, bro, that helped me get where I needed to go. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Man. That's big love. time, bro. He was he was in there too with me and Steve Gordon, bro. You can hit him up, be like, he'll tell you all that stuff. When I was in high school, and Nate was in college, still getting ready to go to the draft and all that mm-hmm. stuff. We were grinding late night, Rainier grinding. Community Center, bro. Grinding, yep, yep. bro. Late night. Good. That's no, tough. I mean you. That's you crazy. definitely knew. You named you yeah, yeah. definitely named some some great local Seattle legends. Yeah, obviously, man. you have respected and, and connected with. Um, you know, and I hope to this day you're still in connection with a lot of those guys Absolutely. you named off. For sure, no question. I can't wait to get back as soon as this coronavirus stuff gets done and get back into you know playing this pro am, work out with all <laughs> yep. the guys. Yep. Get in the definitely. gym, you know. Was there any other uh, players that – do you have any other favorite players from Seattle? And that might not even be in your 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 time era, but it seems like mm-hmm. you stay very connected to to the area and looks, you know, obviously evaluating who – any other guys' game you really like that are, that are some local Seattle cats? Oh, man, my favorite, bro, which was one of probably my biggest nemesis in high school because we played in the Metro Foray was, was Marcus Williams. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude. Well, I've I've talked to him recently. He's not, oh. you know, so on and so off, and you know, he's doing his real estate stuff. But right, right. You know, you know that's that. another cat, bro. That's another cat that just like people forget about, bro. Forget no. about you know what I'm sure. saying? Like people, people don't li- put him on the lists. People forget about cats like me and him. But like, bro, we killed the the Metro Foray. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Right. Like we dominated. Like he averaged like thirty a game. You look, yep. you go look in the books, and he's up there in top scores of all time. You know what I'm saying? So he's, a, he's another, bro. He was crazy, dude. Yeah, he we was had nice. some battles too. I remember my junior year at Bothell. I had twenty points, twenty five rebounds, and I think he had thirty two and like sixteen or something like that. <laughs> like we just had a dumb battle. You know, right. everybody was there. Bill Self was there. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Like, uh, Bill Self was there. Uh, Michigan State, what's his name? Uh, Izzo. Tom Izzo. Izzo was there. Uh, Shashevsky was there. Damn. Pari was there, bro. This was literally probably one of the highest recruited games in, high, in Washington high school basketball. Every single coach you could think of was there. In the stands at Bothell, bro. Yeah, and and Marcus, bro. We were, we were battling, man. That was – you can't name a better time with Seattle high school basketball since 2003 till 2009. You feel me? Those six years were just fire. Yeah, we were, no, put, we were fire. putting out dudes every year. We were putting oh. out like six, six to eight D1 guys every single year at least. Yeah. Crazy. Definitely for sure. And so we're, kinda, we're Nathan Hale guys. So yeah. I remember, I remember the battles we had with Roosevelt because Roosevelt, I was, I lived closer to Roosevelt, but we went, I went to Hale, but I remember watching some of those games. Marcus was I a just wish I neighborhood. just I just wish somebody would try to put an AU team up against my friends at Hoop team, bro. Oh yeah, we're gonna me, get in John Martell Spencer. Oh. Ryan we're gonna Stock, get to that. Oh yeah, Chris we're gonna Johnson, get into friends of Hoop and then go to the bench. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into friends of Hoop in here in a sec. For sure, <laughs> for sure. And it's just I'm just out of you know out of curiosity. You know we're all Hoopers here. All love the game, but you know as it comes with basketball, comes with the, the shoe, the kick game, man. So what's uh, what's your favorite? You know what, what what's your favorite hoop shoe, man? You know what you my like? My all time favorite basketball shoe to play in is the Jordan Tens. Oh, the Tens, okay. the stat, the stat, the Jordan, the, t- the Jordan Tens, bro, the mm-hmm. Jordan Tens. Okay. Like 
it doesn't matter what they come out with every year, all this new technology, all this fly wire, fly right. trap, like, let me trap you in something. Nah, give me some tens, bro. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> the tens are the goats of all hoop shoes. Any hoopers out there listening, yep. do yourself a favor and get some tens. I'm telling you. That's dope. That's I, always look at those them. As, I always look at those as the Kendall Gill. Because Kendall Gill used Bruh. to rock those tens back in nope. the day. Yeah. He, he made them look filthy. Yep. I can uh, just remember Seattle put uh, when Jordan was trying to come back. Scotty put his shoe up in the camera and was pointing to the bottom of his mm-hmm. shoe, like pointing all the accolades at the bottom of the shoe. Like, yep. yo, you got to come back. You know? That's yep. what's up. Yeah, the Jordan Tens. Those are my favorite shoes ever to hoop in, bro. No uh, question. No question. <laughs> you still you still wear them? You you wear Tens when you hoop out there in Portugal? Every time I can find a pair of tens, bro, I'm copping them, dude. I got yep. two or three on deck still in storage that I'm waiting for seasons to come, you know? <laughs> that's what's up. That's, yep. what I'm, that's what I try to hoop in, bro. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Definitely. Well, the shoe game is obviously part of the overall swag game. So when Absolutely. someone watches you, you know, we, we got to ask a question about, about the tattoo game, man. Yeah. That, the tattoo game is serious. Uh, how, how many tats do you have? How many tats do I have? I don't. I don't know. I can't really count. That's like Adam. I got both. I got both my arms completely sleeved. I got right. both my ribs. I got a chest piece. I got just above my knees on both sides. I got my full right calf on the on the outer side of my leg. So I mean, I've got a lot of hours of work for sure, and I got a lot more planned. So oh. <laughs> the, cra- the cool thing is, man, the, the thing is I'm waiting for this damn quarantine to like completely just like, you know, relax a little bit because there's some really, really super talented artists in Portugal, bro. Oh, like, really? Oh, so shit. Fire. Some super like, bruh, like fire, like, and they're cheap. They're so cheap. It's crazy. And they just want work, you know, and they're mm-hmm. so talented. We were on the beach just right here by a little spot we got tonight. Uh, we met a couple, German German couple that's here vacationing too. And this dude had some really nice work. And I was like, bro, where'd you get your tats? He's like, I got them here. I was like, what? You're from Germany, but you got them here? He's like, yeah, Portugal's got some of the best artists, you know, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. As soon as they can let this quarantine up, I'm trying to get there and blast them with my legs. So there you go. Sounds like Adam. Yeah. Adam might need to go to Portugal too. Is that Adam? <laughs> no, I got. Hey, they got some. Yeah, man. They got some talented artists out here for sure. For sure. I really like the Jesus piece I have on my shoulder here. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. This that's, is one of my clean. favorite pieces. You know, just because I'm a religious dude and yeah, I just feel like he's. You know, I got the way I got it done is his eyes are looking up towards me. You know, so okay. every time I feel like I'm like, you know, excuse my language, fucking up or mm-hmm. doing yep. some dumb shit or, you know, not holding myself accountable. I can just like look at myself and be like, look, bro, God's right there watching you. Better check right. yourself, man. Right. Just a reminder, you know. When you get back mm-hmm. to the town, what is the, where's the first place you're going to go eat at when you get back to Seattle? Dick, Dick's driving. You already know. <laughs> yes, sir. I need no digs to Lux, bro, and a milkshake. Oh. There it is. <laughs> I'm not playing around, bro. I Thank need you. a Dick's driving. You couldn't even you look. There was no other possibility of me <laughs> answering that question otherwise. That's <laughs> what we were hoping. That's yeah. what we were hoping yeah. for. That's love. That's love. 
So now we're going to transition. This is a, a big topic. You know, we talk about it a lot because we kind of, we're a little bit older, but your friend's a hoop team. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best AAU team Washington State has ever seen. Arguably. The country. Or the country, uh, for that matter. Bro, we're, t- we're, we're top 10 in the last 20 years, no question. Oh, yeah. So you got Spencer yeah. Haas, yeah. Brockman, yeah. Martell, yourself. Yeah. You have yeah. Mitch Johnson. Yeah. My guy, I, Mitch. Was IT on that team also? No, IT wasn't on a team. Yeah, Ryan Stodiker. Okay. Who played at who played at Montana? Who was also yeah. a uh, D one quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. I think he played D one quarterback, right? Ryan Stodiker. I know he. I know he. Or am I, I mistaken? I don't remember if Did he, he played football or not. I don't, I'm not sure. Anyways, he was a, he was a superstar quarterback in high school. Regardless. Okay. He was a superstar, two-way athlete, you know. And then we had other guys. We had uh, John's brother the year before. Paul Paul. Rockman. Okay. Okay. Uh, It's hard to remember, man. I was like almost 20 years ago now. You know what I'm saying? We had some other cats. uh, You have our guy, Marcus Graham? Marcus Graham. There you go. Marcus Marcus Graham was there. We had Desmond Mason, another Auburn cat. Okay. okay. What's his name? Mason? Last name? I don't know. My my bro, I played with so many ball players over the right. years and no, try to I, remember I so many names, especially overseas and all that. But man, we had a squad, man. Right. That squad so and it was it was so fun, bro. We just I bet. I bet. Yeah, so talk to, talk, to us, talk to us about that experience, like of playing with such a dynamic group and and kind of intertwine that with some of the best memories you had playing with that group. Well, the cool thing was was Jim Marsh, bro. Yeah. Jim, it was Jim Marsh and, and Chuck Williams. Like, we had so many guys and so much talent. If you think about it, you got five McDonald's All-Americans on that team, four or five McDonald's All-Americans mm-hmm. on that team. And that's a lot of that's a lot of buckets to get out to everybody, you know? But the thing is, nobody cared about who scored or who did what or who did that. We just wanted to win, bro. Right. We just wanted to win. And that, that summer be- before – Right before we are all about to be seniors, that summer when we won the Vegas tournament and we just literally blasted everybody that summer by like thirty. Literally, we this the championship game or championship day that Vegas summer. I think they changed it to the Nike tournament that summer. It was a Nike big time. Uh huh. I think the championship game day we played like six games, bro. Damn. Five or six games. Whew. Five or six games championship Damn. game, and we literally we blasted everybody by twenty plus. Just beat the Damn, shit out of her. We're just out there just dunking, alley-ooping, fast-breaking. Right. Ryan Stodiger's going six for six from three. Right. You know what I'm saying? John's <laughs> got 20 rebounds. Martell's hitting five threes. I'm right. dunking on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going crazy. <laughs> Spencer's blocking everybody's shots. Like, we're just out here just running the circuit, you know? That's dope. You remember, you remember, so some, of the fun, you, you remember some of the cats you played against? Some of the big names you played against in that? Oh, man. We played against – like the, te- the the Texas teams, the Houston Hoops teams. Uh, we played against – I think we played against Kevin Durant that summer, the, that summer, the D.C. Oh, okay. Blue Devils that summer. But he okay. was young. He was, like, he was like 15, 16 at the time. Right. If I'm not mistaken, Damn. I think we played against the, the, the D.C. Blue Devils that summer, maybe down in the, uh, the Peach Jam. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, bro. I mean, I played against, you know, Lou Williams, mm-hmm. Mike Mercer. Oh, AJ Mayo, 
We played against all those cats in the summer circuit, all those Houston yep. teams that were killing everybody. We played against the uh, Oakland Soldier teams, mm. all the L.A. teams, you know what I mean? We, but the thing is, nobody could fuck with us, bro. We were dominating everybody, right. just beating them up. Putting all, the these, town on the, all these cats the in Seattle, bro, just putting the town work on them, man. Just, right. just beating them up. What's and Coach uh, Marsh is over there just, you know, <laughs> high-fiving. Come on, guys, just super positive the whole time. Like, no worries. Like, right. it didn't matter if teams would go on a 10-20-0 run. It didn't matter, bro, because Coach Marsh would just – he just had our back, man. That's dope. Just what? so positive and uplifting the whole time. Like, that was probably – that was one of the best basketball experiences for sure of my career, playing oh, for Marsh. Damn. Marsh and Chuck Williams, man, that was love, dude. It was like a family traveling, hoteling with all the boys, you know what I mean? Eating at little, you know, Waffle House, Denny's, like, you know how it is on the AU circuit, bro. It's just just life, bro. Like, going through six pairs of socks a day, trying to, like, wash your shit in the (laughs) sink, like, you know? That was the life, bro. But we were all hooping, man. We were all just hooping. Didn't matter. That's what it was, man. Nothing. Just hooping. Just because we love the hoops, bro. Trying to make it somewhere. Right. What was the – Yeah. Before we we start talking about high school, what's one game when you were playing with that dominant squad, what was one game that really stood out in your mind where you put on a show in front of coaches or you were just like, all right, man, this is it. Like, I really put my, you know – Cats are going to remember me after this game. Man, I don't – honestly, I don't think I can, like, put it down to one game. Okay. Because that – bro, that summer before our – Senior like, year. Before everyone was chosen to be McDonald's All-Americans and stuff like that, before they made all those selections, uh-huh. like that last AAU circuit, bro, we all just killed, bro. Okay. Like, all of us, bro. Like, That's everyone. Dope. John, me – Mitch, Martell, uh, Spencer, Ryan Stodiker, like every single – the starting five on that team went D1. Right. For Big D1. Big D1. Big D1. Like Big Sky, you know, Pac-10, like, you know, Big uh, – Big 12. was the conference? Uh, Big 12 at that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we all – the Big East, like everybody, we all went like major Big D1 or NBA. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's so hard to just – memorize yeah. one game yeah. one good memory because we we're just 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 drilling people bro like that i'm telling you that nike big time that championship day we had five games and we smacked everybody by 20 plus bro every team all the teams from the south all the team from texas all the teams from new york all the new york gauchos teams mm-hmm. you know what i'm yeah. saying all the new all the new jersey player teams like we just we drug them like we're just practicing bro Damn, that's, that's and dope. that's bro. That's all attested to to Coach Mars and, and Coach Williams and how they just just grinded some practice like shell drill. We're AU team, but we're doing shell drill to start every practice, right. bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? We'd have practice at Seattle U. We'd have practices at the Mercer Island Community Center. You know, or the Pro Club. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bellevue Pro Club. You at the old Seattle courts they got in yep. there. You know what I'm yep. talking about? I used to you work know, there. Grinding, bro. Yep. Grinding, doing shell drill. Bro, AU teams doing shell drill, and that's that's the thing, man. It was our coaching, dude. It was our coaching, bro. It was crazy. Man, that's dope. A one. That's what's up. We, yeah, we're gonna we'll switch over to uh, you know kind kind of the AU, but but the high schools the high school circuit. Um, you know, you were what 
you at Juanita, you were about 20, let's see, 20 and 12. Uh, at, uh, or no, at Boston, you were 20 and 12. Juanita, you were, you were 25 and 13. McDonald's mm-hmm. All-American, Jordan's All-American, uh, Parade mm-hmm. All-American. Uh, talk about, like, your, your how your game evolved from, from Boston to Juanita and you became, you know, on the national stage. Oh, man. Just the hard work, oh, basically, what you've been saying? Bro. Yeah, man, just grinding, bro. Like, with the coaches, what I'm telling you, you know, rest in peace, Coach Sloan. Like, he was one of the biggest factors in me develop my game, bro, getting to where I needed to be, man. He was there every day. I call him after school. He'd come to the gym with me. Him and Steve Gordon, Mike Dickerson was in there every day with me, too, yeah. bro, just grinding, right. you know. Um, just in there, bro, just just – putting the time in with these kids like you know that's that's the cool thing about Seattle basketball is the old heads in Seattle when they see a kid that they believe can be something they really put like they put the time into him they put the effort into developing him you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and that's that's the amazing thing about our community is like our community is so fine knit everybody knows everybody from the time you're 12 until your career is over Mm-hmm. As soon as you're about to spark up on the scene and until your spark is fizzled out, you're still right. within the family. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, just I, those guys, man, like Sloan, Stroll, Coach Marsh, uh, just getting into gym, Mike Dickerson, going and grinding every day, just going to the, the JCC on Mercer Island with right. uh, mm-hmm. Steve Gordon, just, you know, working my game. Me, Terrence, Spencer, Martell, we'd be in there, man. Like, yeah. Mitch Johnson be in there, Brian Stoddicker be in there, and be in there grinding, playing ones, playing twos, playing threes, no fouls. Like, you just got to fucking just hoop to get yeah. tough. Like, you know, man up. That's Which, where uh, it all came from, man. When do you think it was? Was it that AAU summer? When you, when you really – when your game went to a national level as a recruit? Yeah, man. You know, when Kansas yeah. started calling and – yeah, that last summer, that last summer when we won, when we literally beat the shit out of everybody and we're like top five <laughs> in the whole, top five in the whole country for AU teams. Like, I don't think we won, <coughs> or lost maybe one or two games the whole summer. You know, we won the Vegas, we almost won the Peach Jam. We just, just were wrecking cats. And that's where, I think that's where a lot of us, you know, kind of blew up besides Martell right. and, um, kind of Spencer because they were already kind of you know big NBA prospects and everything like that. But I mean, as far as me and John and 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 Mitch and like uh, Ryan Stoddard and stuff, I think I think that I think that summer really helped us a lot with getting ourselves out there and getting those D one offers and just propelling our career, making ourselves into a national high school prospect. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, we remember, I remember hearing, like, Brockman turned down Duke. That'd be crazy. Like, you went yeah. to Kansas, Brockman goes to Duke. Like, that don't happen out of the town. That don't yeah. happen on regular There's, shit, right? And now it's just – and now you see it, bro. You just see now cats see, left yeah. and right from everywhere. It's just the Seattle's really getting the respect that we should have been getting for some time, you know? Exactly. Right. Our exactly. basketball community is – it's uh, – I don't – there's not too much better, bro. Right. There's right. not too much better. Uh, speaking about the high school community or just the high school game, mm-hmm. do you have do you, do you have like a, a favorite gym like in high school that you played at or a favorite matchup that you – like a favorite team that you wanted to kill? Was it Roosevelt or was yeah. it like a Garfield? I mean, my favorite matchup in high school was against Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Because we were same height, same build, 
long, yeah. slim, kind of the same athleticism, time, same handle, type of shoot. game. Good handle, can shoot a little bit, like yep. a point forward type player, you know what I'm saying? So I think he was probably my favorite player to play against. Um, but as far as favorite team, I mean, y'all know I went everywhere in high school, so I've been all over the damn place. So right. I don't right. know if I have one rival school that I could say is right, my right. biggest rival. But uh, when I was at Bothell, I could say my favorite team that I played against was Franklin. Okay. Yeah. We had really two really good battles my junior year against Franklin, which we won both of those games. Right. Was that against, uh, was that against Aaron, Aaron Brooks? Or was no, Aaron gone? wasn't there, but they had – Richie Phillips and oh. uh, Vinoy. Was it? No, nah, Vinoy wasn't. Vinoy was there. Yeah, they have Vinoy, but he wasn't playing quite the role he had before. They also had uh, Lindale. Uh, Lindale Burleson. Yep. yep. That went yep. to Nevada. Yeah. So yep. they had those so three cats. Yeah, Richie Phillips, too. Yeah, yeah. He was yep. nice. Yep. He was athletic. He went to Nevada, too, right? Didn't he go to Nevada? Yep. He did go to Nevada. Yep. yep. Blocking everything, dunking everything. So my junior year, that was probably my favorite games that I played against, those two games against Franklin. And then my senior year at Juanita, uh, probably my favorite games was the game at Bothell where they beat us. Mm. And I think, I, think the ref, I think the ref threw me out for some extra shit because I was wilding. Yeah. I was right. hella hotted. I was yep. hella heated and something. The ref <laughs> threw me out. The, that game at Bothell because I just came from Bothell and then there was a game at Juanita against Inglemore and it was literally if you guys remember Juanita's gym they have like yep, a I field house so yep. it's big right so all they only had bleachers on the side and behind the baskets was like secondary courts yeah yeah so that game against Inglemore there was I think they had Jordan White Frisbee they had Nate Shakirik <laughs> Oh, Big Nate. And Big Nate. And they had, like, some – I forget the guard. They had two guards, like one guard and one wing. Mm -hmm. I forget their names or something. But they were pretty good players at the time. But that game at Juanita was literally standing room only. Like, behind the baskets, all the bleachers were completely full. And I think Jordan White Frisbee took, like, a charge on me in the late second Jordan game to, to seal the game for us. We lost that game against them. He took, like, a charge on me. Like the last thirty seconds was like our last possession, one of our last possessions or something. It sealed the game, and it was just it was crazy. It was pandemonium, man. Damn, just standing room only in that game, bro. It was crazy. That's dope. Yeah, the, the just the atmosphere in the city, man. City hoops in Seattle, man. It's it's second to none. You know. Yeah, bro. It's hard it's to no find question. a better. Absolutely, especially when you've got big time players that are getting ready to go somewhere and do something. You know. Exactly. Right. People love it out there, bro. People love it. Um. So yeah, speaking of big time players. Like you, Martell, and Brockman, you guys all played in the McDonald's game. Yeah. Uh, well, what was that like? Did you guys all fly out there together on the same plane? Like, man, dog, we, we really came up. We're playing in the McDonald's game. Like, what was that yeah, whole experience I mean, like? We were – we yeah, we were on the same flight, if I remember correctly. It's so – it's crazy. I don't really think about this stuff that so often, man. It's been so long, bro. That's 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Can you believe I, it? Yeah, 15 real. years. Time flies. Not, it, it was incredible, dude. Like I sit back sometimes. I see some pictures where I'm meeting Bill. I'm meeting Bill Russell. I'm shaking his hand. I got to sit down and talking face to face with John Wooden. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, yeah, bro. Just like right there with all these cats. Like I had dinner with Bill Russell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
just and to sit there and go through the ceremonies and the dinner and have them name all these players and put have them put your name up there with all these greats, you know, Jordan and Vince Carter and just all your heroes, Iverson, everybody that you grew up idolizing, Kobe Bryant, you know what I'm saying? Like your name, my name is on a list with these guys. Right. There's only so many cats every single year. There's 24 kids every year, bro. That's 24 it. kids. Yeah. 24, bro, out of how many high school players in the entire United States, dude? 24 men and 24 women. And my name is on that list with Jordan, with Kobe, with Kevin Garnett, with all these greats, dude. And I got to meet – I got to shake John Wooden's hand. I got to shake Bill yeah. Russell's hand. I got to that's sit dope. and take pictures with these dudes. So that's something that will never escape my lifetime, never escape my memory. You know, like that goes down with you forever, dude. Oh, that's yeah. like – your marriage or your first child or, you know, right. when you gave your life to Christ or whatever, right. that's like, that's, that's up there, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's up there. When, when you were actually going through it, did you realize like how big of a deal it was at the time? Were you just like in awe? Were you like, you know, just like, man, this is really honestly, 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 now that I look back at it, I think I was in a bigger awe at that point okay. than I am now. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. you know, you're 18 years old. I haven't met a lot of celebrities. I haven't met a lot of the famous people. I haven't met a lot of big-time names in basketball or historians of basketball. You know what I'm saying? So at that time, it's a shock. But now, after you experience some life, and I've gone on, I've met Jordan, I've hung out with KG, I've played with Paul Pierce, I've, like, spent time with Rondo, I've been in the gym with all these different cats, all the cats from Seattle, Jamal, you know, Mike D, Nate, Will Conroy, B. Roy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, you can, the list goes on, you know what I'm saying? And after experiencing all that stuff and being around this type of basketball atmosphere, and then you sit back and be like, man, I got to like, yo, this shit's heavy. Right. Like yeah, I chilled, I've hung out with the cool cats and all the all-stars and stuff, but lo, I really got to sit down and shake hands with the legends. Like the right. guys that paved the way, the guys that like, made basketball the way it is, made basketball the lifestyle it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. a blessing, bro. There's not a lot of people in the world that could, can say they got to sit down and shake John Wooden's hand or pick pick Bill Russell's brain or any of that stuff. Bro, even being in the same room, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Pioneers, Russell, MJ, Absolutely. all them cats. Yeah. Right. MJ, Bill Russell, Wooden, all them dudes, man, like – all of them, bro. Just it's just it's like meeting angels, man. You know, oh, when you're yeah. a real hooper, bro, and you meet cats like that, it's just, it's like it's like meeting somebody on the just heavenly. Where did you Where did you get to meet MJ at? Was it at that game or just over the yeah? Of your career? I met M MJ at the McDon uh, Jordan All All American game, Jordan All Star oh, okay. game in New York. Yeah, that's dope. Yep. Yeah. At that time, at that time, you had to choose. You had to choose two uh, two games you could play. Two in. games. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yep. when you're mm -hmm. when you're coming out of high school, like you get invited to the Reebok, to the Adidas, to Jordan, to the McDonald's, to all these different All American camps, but you had to choose. You could only choose two of them. Right. At mm -hmm. that time, that was the NCAA regulations, and at yep. that time, the Jordan game and the McDonald's were no question by far the most prestigious. So. You you also chose to uh, do the dunk contest. Were you had had you had you ever have you done a lot of dunk contests prior to that? In the McDonald's game? 
Yeah, you did the McDonald's one. Yeah, yeah I think that was my first non-contest my whole life, bro. <laughs> oh, really? I was, so, I was so scared, dude. <laughs> okay. Man, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I got, I had some bounce, you know. At right, that right. Time. I, I could jump a lot higher and do a lot better dunks now that I'm older, which is strange. You know, you talk to a lot of cats now, they're like, man. I wish I could have my 18, 19 year old legs right. back. Like, nah, bro, I want my 33 year old legs. Them <laughs> shit got down. <laughs> For real, bro, I ain't lying to you. Yeah. No, nah, the dunk contest was cool, man. But, I mean, Gerald Green, how can you compete? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's tough to compete yeah. with somebody that can go between the legs and their socks. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to, to the college career. And talk a little mm-hmm. bit about, you know, uh, what you spent what a, a semester at Kansas, right? Yeah. Yeah, is that right? Well, so you, I think when you were coming out of high school, your final two was uh, Kansas and UCLA. What was the deciding no, factor there? Oh, it was, oh, oh Gonzaga coming was high sc- coming coming out of high school. Oh, okay, yeah, and the Gonzaga was yeah, on the coming too. out of high school. It was it was between Kansas, UCLA, and Gonzaga. Oh, and Gonzaga. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. What was the deciding factor so, for to, to Jayhawks? Uh, man. I went. That's the only visit I went. That's the only visit I went on, and I had a great time. My time was amazing. Um, at that time, uh, my father was a really big Jayhawks fan, so that had a lot of influence okay. on my yeah. decision at that moment in my life. I mean, you can go back and read all the all the yeah. newspaper articles, and everybody knows the history between me and my father. We don't need to go that way. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that was a big big influence on my life at that point in my time I wanted to make him happy and just you know having the Jayhawks and all that history basketball history and everything and I was you know overwhelmed by the bright lights on my visit yeah you know did you, did you go visit there with with uh Mario Thomas because you played the McDonald's game with, with Mario too right or Mario yeah 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 we were I think uh yeah he was he we were there on our visit together yeah oh, that's what's up mm-hmm. yeah Yep. Definitely. Rock, oh, yeah, I, I got my whole family's from uh, Kansas, so I got a couple Kansas grads in the in the fam. A little rock chalk. Oh yeah. I'm not a Kansas. I'm a, I'm a Husky UW guy. Okay. But you know, at KU, <laughs> you know, when you were at KU, there was a um a Seattle presence. So was uh did you connect with like I believe Giles was there and and Stewart was there right when you were there at, uh-huh. at Kansas right? CJ. Okay. Yeah. No. Look, I connected with those guys. Great. Me and Roderick, for sure, and CJ, too. Um, But, you know, as everybody knows and the newspaper knows and the Internet knows, everybody knows about my whole family and all that type of stuff. I was going through a lot of things, and uh, I wasn't just – honestly, I wasn't prepared to be in college by myself that far away in in the first place. And then with everything going on besides that was just – eventually it just became too too much you know and overwhelming and to be a man if I want to be honest I was a pussy I wasn't ready for coach self oh well yeah no like that's 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 the truth like I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't ready for that I wasn't ready for it you know what I'm saying like and a lot of people don't know that part about the story you know and 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 the truth behind that but as a man, I wasn't completely ready for it, you know. Um, and to this day, I tell people that are close to me, and not a lot of people know this too, but with all respect and love and everything to Gonzaga, like, that's where my heart is. I'm completely 100% ha- 
happy with the way everything went there and with yeah. the way my life has gone since then. But as far as my career as a basketball player and my develop as a professional athlete, I feel like if I would have stayed at Kansas, I think I could have developed and, you know, my game would have went to maybe another level and gone, had more of an opportunity to, to stick in the league mm-hmm. just because of right. the Kansas label and everything like that you know the pedigree the pedigree is there yeah the pedigree the pedigree for sure but at the time i just wasn't in the personal space and Mm -hmm. the mindset to deal with the toughness and the the strictness and the just the boss ass mentality that coach self has i just wasn't ready for it you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and with all my family issues and everything else weighing in it was just too much at the time but you know, it's the way life goes and shit, the way the cookie crumbles, you know? Well, I mean, how was, uh? I mean, it sounds like obviously when you went to Gonzaga, it was just a great, you know, overall, I mean, was it a great overall experience? It sounds like you had, you enjoyed your time there and, and, and whatnot. What do you, how do you oh, feel yeah. about that? Gonzaga was amazing, man. That's my, that's a, like I said, before I answered your last question, Gonzaga was my family, you know, like, oh. it was like a, like a breath of fresh air and kind of like a sanctuary just to kind of go and relax, you know, because coming out of high school, I had a lot of pressure. I had a lot of like, you know, everybody expecting me to be this and be that. And with everything going on at the same time, it was just a lot. And going to Gonzaga, I can just kind of get there, go. I was a transfer, so I didn't have to play right away. I could just kind of find my space, find my role within the team, reach myself, find myself get my emotions and everything back into gear, you know what I'm saying? Get my personal life kind of into effect before I get back into really playing basketball. So transferring there and doing all that type of stuff was really a blessing within my personal life. And I mean, like I said, I can't can't complain, you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe my career would have went better if I stayed at Kansas. Maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe I would have ended up, fucking fucking my life up with doing some dumb shit because I was uh, going through family things and mm-hmm. dealing with depression and stuff like that. So, you know what I mean? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah. So I got, literally, I got love for both universities, you know? Absolutely. Kansas is, Kansas is a top five fucking program every single year. So for right. them to consider me and offer me a scholarship and put that, you know, faith in me to come and play for their programs, amazing. And Gonzaga at the same time to save me and help me out through my personal life and give me a second chance to better myself as a person and also continue my career as a basketball player. Like, it's just, it's it's love all around, man. It's love all and around. Was, and I mean, Gonzaga is, just like you said, Kansas is a top five national program no, year-round. And, 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 <laughs> and now Gonzaga, bro, Gonzaga's right there. You can't argue there <laughs> yep. any lower level lower. Exactly. Now that, it's, now that you now look you, at it 10, 12 years later. Yeah. No, you played with some very, you know, since you, were on, you had a successful career, I would say, at Gonzaga, and you played with some great players. I mean, what were some of the uh, – some of the accomplishments there that you were you're proud of or some of those ex- moments tournament moments or whatnot you enjoyed at Gonzaga my proudest accomplishment was probably when I got the conference tournament MVP yeah yeah that was um, dope my senior year that was dope and then after that coming back and having our senior banquet and having my coaches you know one of my coaches Tommy Lloyd talk about me yeah. and just say 
everything so great about me and how I earned this and deserve this and, you know, have him break down and kind of cry about me because our relationship was really personal besides basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like when I transferred there, he took me under his wing and just treated me like a son and just Damn, that's love. at the same time, at the same time when I was fucking up, you know, not going to my classes and like doing dumb shit and, you know, kind of just like not really taking my shit serious. He was on my ass. Like, bro, you got to get the class. Like, he shit, you know, whooped me back into shape and got me back going to my classes, made sure my grades stayed on point. And just playing in that game, winning the conference tournament MVP, going through everything that I had gone through, through the accumulation of my career, and then having him give me that speech and just, like, praise me the way he did. Like, those those probably two of my proudest and probably most memorable moments um, when I was playing at Gonzaga. That's dope. And how was yeah. your uh, how was your NCAA tournament experience? I know you got your – your first two years there, you guys got that, uh, you know, knocked down the first round. I think you, yeah. you guys experienced a, step, a young Steph Curry at Davidson man, that one man, year. He whooped our ass, bro. He gave us forty. <laughs> Damn. I don't want to. I don't want to try to statistically quote and tell you how much he gave me in the first half, but I know I didn't play in the second half. So he's probably giving me some buckets. <laughs> but you guys made a a, a sweet. You know, Sweet 16 run, uh, you know, your senior year after you, obviously, you, were, uh-huh. you guys were regular season conference tourney champs. You get your MVP. I mean, how did that 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 run feel your senior year there? Oh, dude, it was so cool, man. You know, just going that far, bro. You know, growing up as a kid and you hear, like, oh, Sweet 16, you know, like you're filling out your brackets and you got your favorite team to win it. And they're, right. oh, man, they made a Sweet 16, like Sweet 16, like. That sounds cool. You can't say nothing about the the second round or the first round. Oh, I made it to second. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Like, did you make it to the Sweet Sixteen? <laughs> did you make it to the Elite Eight? Nah, but I did one time at least. You know. Yeah. Right. So growing up as a kid, and and then you know that finally happened. It's just like, damn, shit happens. Like I used to watch it happen on right. movies. Yeah. You know. So it's just, bro, it's amazing. And then that shot. Uh, Nietzsche hit, Demetri Goodson yep. hit against Western Kentucky to mm-hmm. force to play North Carolina, man. Like, and the crazy thing is, nobody knows this, but he saved my ass because I missed a box out on the play before. And they got a ticket <laughs> and fucking took the lead. And then he came down and saved our ass. If you go back and watch the video, I missed the box out. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, hey, that's the way ball is, you know. Right. End of the yeah. shot clock, you're like, oh, is it going in? Is it going in? Oh, wait, there's dude laying it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, I mean, it was cool, bro. Like, bro, playing in the NCAA tournament, you can't – that's one thing that sticks with you forever, man. You get yeah. a ring from it, no matter if you go to the Sweet 16 or to the Final Four or to the, you oh, okay. lose the first round. Mm-hmm. You get a ring out of it. So, you know – I didn't know that. Two or three rings. Yeah, bro. Yeah. You get a ring just for going, bro. Yeah. Just for going. So, Got me a couple two, three rings. I got me a Sweet 16 ring, you know. I got me a WCC Conference Championship MVP. So, I'm proud of my college career. Made me the man I Hell am. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, man. There's And there's no no nothing wrong. I mean, you guys lost to that. That UNC team was eventual champs. So, there's nothing wrong, you know. They won the title, you know. So Yeah, and they had five guys. Their starting five went to the NBA. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, so. for sure. And what was, I mean, just like, 
you know, give us a light. I know you talked, you obviously have a close, your close relationship with Coach Lloyd. Um, but how was, how was uh, it, you know, interacting, you know, every day with, with Coach Few and, and all that? And, you know, tell uh, us Coach your experience Few, with you him. Know, Coach, Coach Few is about his business. He picks and chooses his times when he wants to have his personal conversations with you. But he's a super personable guy. He's a player's coach. He's not going to motherfuck you to death in practice and just beat your ass in practice. His practices are hard and long and intense. But he respects his players. He respects what they got to say. Um, I mean, coming to Gonzaga, honestly, you know, everything I said saved part of my life, man. Oh, that's you know, dope. Coming there and, and, and getting into that family and having Coach Few be there as not just as a coach, but also as a, a fellow brother in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, just being able to dope. give me some men- mentorship in, 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 in Christ and, you know, literally check me when I'm not doing right. You know, he keep track of my classes, stuff like that. And he'd tell me, like, Mike, you're not being a Christian man right now. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like he'd break it down to me that way. I'd have meetings with him in his office personally, one-on-one. And he'd break it down to me like that. So having him there at that point, along with Tommy and, and all the other coaches, Coach Jack Letty, uh, um, Coach uh, – oh, my brain is – I'm so terrible with names. He took the job at uh, San Diego. He was a Gonzaga coach Greer, Coach Bill Greer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was man. When I first got to Gonzaga, we I I couldn't stand him, Coach <laughs> Bill Greer. I hated him. I just there was something about our personalities that just didn't click. Yeah. But the funny thing is, he was my individual coach every day. He'd be there with me, oh. with me and with with Kyle Bankhead, who was one of mm-hmm. our. Uh, graduate assistants at the time he played ball at Gonzaga too yeah 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 we'd be in there every day bro as soon as when I first transferred there I'd be in there I'm like man I gotta do these workouts with coach Greer and coach Bankhead like I don't want to deal with these hard-ass motherfuckers like this is some bullshit (laughs) blah 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 you know I'm 19 years old at the time right I couldn't stand coach Greer but then bro when we found out that he took that job at San Diego and he was leaving us like I was so just heartbroken you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because of that relationship by the end of the time those by the end of the time before he left our relationship became so close like just like we could talk chill just talk about ball and he'd be hard on me and be tough on me but I couldn't stand him but I'd love him you know what I mean Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but yeah he was another one too especially when I first transferred there he was one of the guys that really helped me develop my game especially getting my shot coming off right off the pin downs and he'd always just criticize me he's like good shot I'd make it he's like your feet weren't right but you made it because you got (laughs) such good hands you've got such good you know balance but your feet weren't right so figure it out you know good shot but you fucked up you know Bill Greer Bill Greer Kyle Bankhead, you know, he was there. He went to San Diego with Coach Greer when, when Coach Greer took that job, man. Those were two guys that helped me develop, develop my game and really become comfortable with Gonzaga when I first got there. That's dope. And then, Sounds like yeah. it helped you evolution of becoming a man, just in general, you know, growing up. Oh, that's one thing, too. They put weight on my shoulders. Like, look, you're not living with mom and dad anymore, mm-hmm. you know? You're out here like you got a a degree you got to earn. You got a responsibility to to fulfill yourself as a program. You know what I'm saying? 
like coach 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 few and coach lloyd and those guys they would tell me man like you can't just come and fuck up bro you got to hold yourself accountable for this program you know mm-hmm. we gave you a, a a scholarship like we gave you a degree bro like you got to handle yourself right you got to work hard you got to go to class you got to do this you got to do that when i first transferred to gonzaga i wasn't i wasn't holding my shit down right i wasn't being i wasn't really handling myself the way i should have been at kansas i was my grades were a1 perfect okay. you know mm-hmm. and then i came to gonzaga and i was like all right this is a fresh start i'm gonna come i'm closer to home i'm comfy i know some people here i know some cats here from the around the area blah 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 mm-hmm. blah and the first few weeks they were on my ass like you're not getting it done mike you better figure it out <laughs> so i owe a lot i owe lots of that whole Gonzaga community, man, from everybody, from the president, Thane McCullough, to his wife, Julie McCullough. They helped me out so much when I first transferred there, man. Like, coaches, everybody, all my professors, man, everybody was so patient with me, just uplifting, kind, generous. Man, Gonzaga is incredible, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big-time family, bro, big-time. There you go. Now, I mean, you know, after Gonzaga, you know, and, and transitioning kind of to, you know, your pro career and, and you know, getting drafted. I mean, talk – or undrafted, I mean, we can talk about that, just that whole experience and, you know, going to play, obviously, in summer league. And now, obviously, you're playing, you know, a touch of base on that, you know, during that transitional period from Gonzaga trying to jump up. Uh-huh. Well, my first transition was was at the uh, – Portsmouth, right? The- Portsmouth to to the pro game was kind of at the Portsmouth and I had a so-so outing I didn't play the greatest like offensively or shoot the ball that great but defensively I was locked in rebounding the ball all this and that and it was a cool experience because I was playing with cats that I didn't play against in college you know from bigger conferences and stuff like that um being in front of scouts doing this playing the NBA ball playing the NBA game quarter length whatever it was it was cool and then going into summer league like traveling going to these different uh workouts and stuff and just experiencing different workouts and how different coaches were with their workouts you know Mm -hmm. some coaches will be like all offensive skill drills you know to see how you handle the ball to see how you shoot off coming down pick and roll see how you shoot off uh pick and pops all types of stuff like that you know pin down other coaches would be more defensive or more uh, kind of like uh, see how good a shape you were in, cardio-based, uh, mm-hmm. make you run your ass off, do all types of crazy shit to see how good a shape you're in, stuff like that. So, man, I had some hard workouts. I had some easy workouts. I had some workouts that were super fun. You know what I mean? It's just different coaches are different. They have their own philosophies and things like that. want to see what type of guys can do, how they can men- – men- maintain themselves mentally in a difficult workout you know all that type of stuff going through obviously uh summer league and you know doing that for a couple of summers did you did you get a lot of legit looks did you I mean how did that did you, how many teams you work out or I guess I mean I could tell you guys some stories and stuff like that I had a my, my first agent coming out of, out of uh out of college was Brad Ames and he was with Priority Sports okay and I don't know if you guys have heard anything uh, about Brad Ames, 
But mm-hmm. if you can go into you can go into Google and and type in Brad Ames and type in Priority Sports, and you can find a lot of uh, legal documentation about some really bad things. I'm not gonna oh, like go shit. into details yeah. because yeah. I don't want to slander anybody's name or no, no, talk no. about stuff no, like that. But cool. I'll just you know what I mean. Go on Google, type in Brad Ames yeah. and type in Priority Sports, and you guys will read about some stuff that'll make you really sick to your stomach. Oh shit! Okay. So my first agency was with Priority with Brad and all that stuff, and I was promised a lot of things um, after all my workouts. Um, I was promised some guaranteed NBA deals coming out of my workouts if I go. Like my first contract going to to Europe was in Croatia, was in Zadar, mm-hmm. and I was I was promised by my agent that I would have a certain. I'm not going to name the team. But I was promised that I would have a certain guaranteed one-year deal from a team that I worked out for um, bef- before my rookie year. So you guys can go back and do the research yeah. and figure out the teams I worked out for. But I don't want to name teams because this is all promises that I'm told from my agent. So I don't want to sit mm-hmm. there and put out and say this team really promised that and maybe it's really not true because I don't know if they really promised him that. Yeah. You see what right. I'm saying? So I had certain things that were promised to me and such and such and things happened. Um, I came home my, from my first year pro in Croatia um, after my first year. And after this deal that I was promised, um, the general manager of this team resigned as the general manager and decided mm-hmm. to go back into broadcasting with mm-hmm. TNT. And so when he resigned, his deals that he had ready to get going, like everything fell through. I can't say what's true, what's not true, because, you know, this is all what I'm told sure. from my right, former right. agent. Exactly, exactly. Ended up being in federally indicted on some certain things. So I don't know what can I can believe, you know what I mean? Right, for sure. So I had a lot, I had a lot of stuff like that happen in the first few years of my uh, career as far as, like, I might get a deal, I might not get a deal, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, this and that. But it's been a roller coaster, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Now, you had – um speaking of training camps I, you'd had a training camp with i believe the Cel- the Celtics was that 2012 yeah. in a training camp yeah man I mean, that was crazy how was that experience like with that yeah, with an organization bro, was, such as them boston's boston's a just a1 top tier organization you can't mm-hmm. say nothing about bad about none of those people that work there man anybody like they take care of their d league team the red claws they take red care claws. of everybody that goes through their organization um that was one of the funnest times of my life man being able to spend okay. one-on-one time with with kg paul pierce right. you know rondo some of these other guys jeff green uh some of these older vets you know what i mean and being one of the last guys to be cut and go all the way through training camp and travel to europe and like there's there was a couple nights man there was one night in milan and me and KG, we kicked it in my hotel room, played FIFA. Just me and what? KG. Like, he came to my room, played FIFA with me, bro. Just me and him. This is a that's true crazy. story. We just yeah, played the dope. game, bro. Played FIFA, chopped it up. That's dope. Like, just two, three hours. You know what I mean? Nothing else. Awesome. You know? Just being under these guys' wings, spending time with them, traveling to Europe, like, just learning the game, learning life experiences. Like, I've never – I think I've got some of the best – lessons and experiences around the game of basketball 
you know, being around Doc Rivers and being around KG and Rondo and Paul Pierce and those guys, man, like those are four legends, Hall of Famers right there, you know, all those guys have rings, you know, a few of them. Mm -hmm. So, fuck, getting cut from the team, just being able to spend, you know, three, four weeks with these dudes and just play ball and compete and just be on the same basketball frame and mentality and just study the game with them, watch video with them, practice with them, break the game down with them. That right there, dude, there's not too many people in the world that can say that. Uh, You got to really feel an intimate level of the game with some Hall of Famers, bro. Not just hoop or play pickup ball, but, like, study the game, watch film, travel, be on the hotel, like, you know, playing, train, this, that, you know, like, really grind, bro. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, you had a amazing. You and that that going into that 2012-13 season, you played for that the main Red Claws, and weren't weren't you? Uh, uh-huh. I mean, back then that was you know the D League, G League now, but you were, uh, didn't you get selected the All Star game for that for the D? Yeah, it was an All Star. I was an All Star game for that. Um, I had a great season. I put up great numbers. Shot the shit out of the ball from three. Had a had one opportunity to get a call up. Um, which is another crazy ass story, which nobody knows. I had a call up. Uh, they called me on a, I think it was a Saturday morning. Um, Boston had called and said, after this game, we're going to bring you up. Um, my agent had called me and told me I was sitting on the training table getting my ankles taped because we had like a 2 p.m. game or something. It was a mid, mid-afternoon game mm-hmm. in the D-League. And I, we were playing the, uh, the Suns D-League team. Uh-huh. The Phoenix Suns D League team at that time, and I literally I twisted my ankle like third quarter, like twisted it really bad. And then after after that, the next day I think they signed uh, Terrence Williams, another town cat, to a ten day. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that 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 ten day Terrence got with the Celtics. That was uh, that was, I was supposed to get that ten day. Oh, that was oh wow yeah yeah that's I mean not a lot of people know about that but I was supposed to get that ten day that contract that he got when he got with the Celtics at that, that yeah. year two thousand twelve yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah that was supposed to be that was supposed to be my ten day but I got hurt in the game that that morning damn yeah damn. that's a true yeah. story honest honest guy that's that's a real that's real facts true story damn mm-hmm. yeah right. Man, that good. was my ten, that was my that was my ten day chance, man. That was like right. my little window to sneak into the league, bro. And I I got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy. Was uh yeah, you've played, you've had a nice career thus far. You played all over mm-hmm. the world. I mean, Belgium, mm-hmm. Croatia, Spain, Venezuela, the Ukraine, Russia, Italy, France, Portugal, and the mm-hmm. G League. So you've played in a mm-hmm. bunch of leagues, but you've also mm-hmm. played in like what's considered three of the top leagues outside of the NBA. So you played in Euro yeah. League, the mm-hmm. G League, and the ACB. Mm-hmm. Which of and both- don't forget and don't forget the VTB league. Yeah, bro. I was just about to say the VTB the- league is VTB. fucking is, that shit's elite, bro. That's a, right. That's right You're there with the ACB. Right. Okay. Yeah, so those that's four right there with the ACB. So those four leagues. Which which one would you say is the best? I mean, Euroleague is Euroleague. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, there's some guys that play in Euroleague that don't belong in Euroleague. There's some teams that play in Euroleague some right. seasons that don't belong there. It's all 
it's all relevant year by year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, but overall, as far as the, the top quality, as far as a, as a league every year, year by year, I mean, ACB and the VTB, they're 1A, 1B, bro. And you know, they're right, th- they're right there with each other. That's what I, I think ACB, ACB is super tactical, super X's and O's, really smart coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and the VTBs, you know, you have really good coaches too, and it's tactical too, but it's physical. It's big. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got big, athletic, strong fucking guys down there. Big, huge Russians. Big Belarusians. Big, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Dudes yeah. that are just down there just chucking elbows and taking right. names. So, as far as the uh, leagues go, I think ACB and VTB are the top, you know, if you're not counting your league or your cup or Champions right. League or right, right. any of these international competitions, like major international competitions, those two leagues, I think, are the best, ACB and VTB. So, out of all those countries and all the cities you've, you've played in, uh, what's, uh, your, what was your favorite and what was your least favorite, you know, in terms of, like, living situation and, and just the city in general or the country? Um, I mean, Lisbon, Lis- Lisbon's been amazing to live in. Uh, yep. The, the league and the basketball is not the greatest, which everyone knows. Uh, but, you know, we got the opportunity to play in the Europe Cup. Yeah, and we were doing pretty good in our in our league, but the city's great. You know, I mean, it's Lisbon. It's you know, it's the capital. It's big. It's I got everything I need. I got American little stores. Everything in a in a in the supermarkets you find a international aisle. You know, right. everybody speaks English. Like it's just it's comfy. The weather's nice. I'm right here on the water. I'm two <laughs> right? hours from the two hours from the ocean where I am right now. I can just hop in the car, come down here, and get a villa for a few days for a good price. Um, so Lisbon's been amazing. I really like France a lot. I played in Orléans, which is about an hour yeah. from Paris. Paris is probably my favorite city in all of Europe. Okay. Um, yeah, Russia too. Russia was Russia sounds sounds crazy. Saratov's kind of a shitty little spot. It's not the greatest city, but I made a lot of really cool friends and people that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, the league is amazing. Moscow is beautiful. St. Petersburg is beautiful. There's a lot of history and culture. So, man, just, bro, I've been blessed. I've played in so, bro, I played in Milan. I've played in Barcelona. Yeah. Madrid. Like, bro, I played in every major city. Istanbul. That's crazy. Any dope city you can think of in America, or in America, I'm sorry, in Europe, Eastern Europe, anywhere else. I've played a basketball game there in front of thousands of people. You that's, know what I'm saying? Like That's so filthy. No matter how shitty your situation can be or whatever I can think of, how mad or bad it can be or whatever. I might be in a shitty league in Portugal, which isn't the best, or I might be playing in B2B, whatever. But I'm still balling, bro. I'm still cashing a check. I'm still Living chasing a dream. my dream. I'm still autographing fucking autographs for kids that are asking me every time. I'm taking pictures for people. People are still following me on social media and sending me messages saying, oh, you're, you know, you're my idol. I wish I could be like you someday. Can you save your workout so I can try to be like a ball player like you? Damn. Like, bro, I don't need to, I don't need to get a hundred million dollar check, bro. Like everybody wants that. But at the end of the day, I come home, I make good money. I take care of my family. I got food on my plate. Kids are asking for my autograph, asking for my pictures. I'm playing the game that I love to do that God gave me the ability to do, 
you know like there's just there's not much you can complain about that man like there's really not much you can complain about that like it's a blessing that might be i'm very thankful that might be the re- the realest answer we've ever heard right that's, that's this deal, is man. what it is bro like i could take a million bucks and that might make me feel like a baller park a lambo in my fucking driveway but bro, i'm mm-hmm. eating i don't have to worry about putting the fucking roof over my head i can eat whatever i want you know what I'm saying? I can come down and take a vacation in the south of Portugal for five days off a whim. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a blessing, bro. You can, it's just, I'm, I'm thankful for it, bro. I'm very thankful for it. The life is God has given me with the game of basketball. To bless myself, to bless others, to touch people, to inspire them, to just make people believe that you can do something great. Man, yeah, that's, that's love. what it is. That's love. Um, Real quick on your career, you know, once again, mm-hmm. we appreciate you taking, you know, a time yeah, out of your vacation uh, to talk dope, to us. Man. Um, so to tie in this question, I have two questions, but I'll tie it in together. So mm-hmm. in your career thus far, what's been your biggest achievement? And then to tie into, like, your career, what's a goal of yours moving forward? I know you, you're 33, so you're still young. Mm-hmm. So you got some years left. Right. What's up? <laughs> What's your? Uh, I mean, we're we're older, so I mean that's why you young guys. Hey, I pre I appreciate you yeah. saying me. I'm still young. I'm 33. I'm on my 11th year, bro. Okay, uh, up there now. So what was your biggest? What's been your biggest accomplishment so far, individually? And then what's your what's a career goal or what's some goals that you have moving forward in your career? Well, honestly, my biggest accomplishment is just. My whole career, bro. I mean, I'm in my 11th year playing basketball as a professional overseas. Like, right. I've, I mean, there's a lot of cats. There's a lot of friends that we have personally, me and you, you know. The Stewart brothers, their careers got cut short. You know what I'm saying? They're little uh-huh. brothers. Like, they could have been ball players somewhere. There's all types of cats from Seattle, dude, that, mm-hmm. like, they could have been pros somewhere that just didn't get the right opportunity or the economy wasn't at the right place at the right time or somebody didn't see their highlight tape. So for me, my biggest accomplishment, bro, is just my career, dude. I've been doing this shit for 10 years with no injuries. My first injury was this year, my whole career, dude. My whole career. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing this shit. This is my 11th year. That's, bro, that honestly, I don't need to – I want to win a championship somewhere. So to the answer to your next question, that's mm-hmm. what I want. I want to win okay. a championship before my career is over. But at the end of the day, I ain't got no regrets, dog. Right. I, I played 11 plus years at the game that God gave me the ability to play. Mm-hmm. There's one in how many thousand kids that even get to go to D1 college. And then one in one of those kids that can play at any level especially the level that I've played. I've played at, at, at top-level leagues every country, mm-hmm. EuroLeague, right. Euro Cup, Champions League, like right. B2B, ACB, like, you know what I mean? So, to me, that's, bro, that's an accomplishment in itself, man. Right. Just to do right. it for that long, 10 years, bro. 10 years as a pro athlete at any level, man. That's, that's, that's I'm thankful, man. I'm yeah. thankful, bro. I'm super thankful, dog. And man. hopefully God will keep – hopefully God will keep turning my wheels so I keep bouncing this ball, man. Right, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I know Charlie just has a one quick question about some yep. some spots in uh, Gonzaga or, you know, in oh. Spokane. 
Spoke Compton. Yeah, Spoke Compton. Spoke uh, Vegas. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Jack and Dan's or the Bulldogs? Oh, man. I didn't go to either of those places. I went to 211. I went to okay. uh, Crazy Eights up on the north north side. Yep, yep. And uh, where else did we go downtown? 211 was the spot, though, downtown, man. It was called 211 at the time. I don't even know what they call it anymore, bro. But they used to let us all in there. They used, used to let to... us all in there. They had a basketball up on the, above the bar. And they said, hey, we go in there. And they say, is your name on the basketball? Did you sign the basketball? And if it was on there, we'd get free drinks. If it wasn't, shit, you better pay up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to work at uh, River Park Square, my man. man. I went my to, man I went Tyrone. My man Tyrone was working the door at 211, man. Tyrone, okay. boy. Yeah. Bruce used to work down was, there. Bruce used to work down in Smoke. He, he was in Cheney for a couple years. I went to EMU yeah. for, for my first two years for transferring to the dub, but, you know, I did okay. track and all that. But I used to work at River right Park on. Square, so I'm pretty familiar yeah. with that downtown. That downtown. I don't, even know if they, I don't even know if they call it 211 anymore. I think they got a mm-hmm. whole – because that was like, – I think they called it that because that was the address of the bar or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. 211. I don't even think they call it that anymore. But, yeah, in my day, that was the spot, man. We used to go in there and have a good time. I got one more for you real quick. Uh, uh-huh. I used to hear stories. One of my buddies, he was like kind of like the main guy at the kennel, you know, and he would always talk about the warehouse and all the open uh-huh. runs you guys used, would have at the warehouse. What was that oh, like? Oh, John Stockton? Yeah, Stockton's warehouse. Yeah. Oh, man, bro. Those games were fun, man. I'll tell you what. I, I, look, when I was at Gonzaga, John, I, I forget, what is he now? Almost 50, right? He's got to be 50, 55. He's almost 60, probably. Okay, yeah. but at the time, he was yeah. st- he was in his late 40s, okay, early yeah, 50s, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. while I was there. Bro, we'd go down there. He'd still be f- fucking in better shape than all of us. Like six-pack abs, like buff biceps strong as shit like run up and down the court all day long no problem bro at that point we were all convinced john could have still played in the nba at that point back in 2007 2008 2009 bro right whatever age he was at that time he was just his mind and his speed of the game how he could slow it down and speed it up and see things and bro and playing with his sons john and michael and david like Mm -hmm. You know, David especially, he was a tiny little son of a bitch at that time, bro. He was <laughs> right. so small. And he was right. in there hooping with us, like me and all the other guys. Ira, uh, you know, Josh Heitfeld, a bunch of other cats. You know, Austin Day would be in there in the summertime, like grinding. Little John, little David in there, just tiny little fella. And then fucker, he ends up making it in the NBA. Right. Going up, you know going up I mean? again. Against Pargo, oh, bro, Pargo was time, a dude. Pargo was a grown oh, man. Pargo in there too. Pargo in there too, bro. There, listen. He David was tiny. I'm telling you, he was tiny. In there <laughs> hooping with us, like trying to hold his own, and then ending up getting, you know, walking on and then getting a scholarship or everything. However, his career went at Gonzaga. I don't remember. And then, you know, getting some call ups and stuff to the NBA. He was like, bruh. That that Stockton DNA, they got something special in it. I tell you right. what, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, so this this last question that I I want to know, you know, you're uh-huh. like I said, you're one of the best cats and the most underrated cats from the town. 
You know, you've played again. You've you've probably played against the greats from the town. Mm -hmm. Who's the toughest guy from Seattle you've ever had to guard? Who? For me personally? Yeah, for you, for you one-on-one or, you know. I I think, I think, I think Terrence Williams was my toughest matchup. T. Will. Yeah. Just because, you know what I'm saying, we were kind of the same height. And he was super bouncy and everything, but he always had a strong physical body. Uh-huh. He was always buffer, kind of buffer than everybody else. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And he had that, like, he had that arrogance and that cockiness and that swag to him before all of us else were ready for it. Right. He was just like, you know, he just had that, like, kind of the way he carried himself. He was just above everybody, bro. With okay. that, with like that, far as that that mentality and that just like fuck you, I'm a killer attitude. You feel me? Yeah, no, I feel mm-hmm. you. Like I, f- I feel like Terrence had that before any of us did. So in mm-hmm. my personal opinion, I feel like he he was always the toughest dude, bro. Like within it, whenever our rotary teams will match up, or whenever we match up in workouts with Steve Gordon and Mike mm-hmm. Dickerson or whatever it would be, I always felt like he was probably. He's probably my biggest, my biggest competitor, and I felt like he was the dude that was right there with me, as far as like. No disrespect to anybody else or oh, any yeah, other yeah. name, oh. you know, Martel, John, any of those guys—they're all fucking top two, three, four, five, elite. All of us, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But in my mentality, I felt like you know Terrence was right there with me as far as being like my biggest competitor as right. an athlete or a ball player or a just a boss out there on the court. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Terrence was a, was a fucking – bro, he was a beast, dude. How right. many, Listen, can you tell – tell me the last time a senior got drafted in the lottery. Mm, right. In the – bro, that doesn't happen. Seniors don't get drafted that high, bro. Right. No he way. was in the lottery, right? He was yeah. top – he wasn't he like 10 or 11, some he shit like, like that? Yes, I think he was like, uh, yeah, something like that. I don't remember, but he was – Top ten, I, I believe. No, he was he was a lottery pick, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He was lottery. Sen- senior seniors don't get seniors. Guys that go four years in the university, go to college for four years, don't get picked in the top fifteen, bro. Mm-hmm. So right. that says something about you, bro. He was a different animal. It's Terrence was tough, man. Yeah, dude. The dog. Yeah, a lot of respect for him. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Well, all right, yep. Micah, man. I, I, we can't sit here. This has been a great conversation. We could probably do it offline for another four or five hours, but <laughs> we know you're on vacation. We just wanted, you know, we appreciate you taking the time to, to talk yeah. to us, man. It's been, it's been, a, it's been dope. I, I, it's been a Absolutely. great experience. Um, thank you, man. Thank you so much for your time. Um, and to our followers, man, go follow him on Instagram. Is it kid one? Yeah. Go kid, follow kid period kid.miz.one. All right, Instagram. go follow him and don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube, on Twitter, all that. We got Micah Downs here live from appreciate Portugal. Guys, man. man, we appreciate you, man. That's love. Yeah. Thank you, bro. It's been fun. It's been fun, fellas. All right. Really all right, all man, right. for sure. God bless. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>